Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's today's clip. Hi there. In today's podcast, we have a fantastic clip from my sister Jessica's Hay House radio show. I hope you enjoy the clip. All right, let me tell you about feng shui and why I really wanted to cover this topic um, with you know in our time together. When I was little, my family, we had financial struggles and it was always a lot of ups and downs. One year we'd be okay, one year we wouldn't. I remember being a kid and I always knew how we were doing financially by orange juice because if there was orange juice in the fridge, it meant we were doing okay. If there was no orange juice in the morning, it meant things were tight. And in one of those moments when things were tight, my mom picked up a book in the library about feng shui. And all she began to do was little changes in the house that didn't cost any money. She didn't buy anything new. She didn't spend any money except learn about feng shui and change certain things in the house. And it transformed the energy in the family. It transformed the feelings people had when they would come into the house. I used to be a little bit embarrassed sometimes if the house wasn't, you know, before the feng shui, I felt a little bit self-conscious about my house um, that I grew up in. And with my mom doing the feng shui, it was like, it brought new energy to the space. And I love to have people over and we were able to get out of a really hard financial time. So I think when, when you want to make a change in your life, one of the first places to start is with your environment. Your outside space will reflect your inner space. And by changing your outside space, you can change your inner space as well and see some really incredible transformations in your life. As many of you know, I wrote a book about weight loss and body confidence and clutter and hoarding and being a bit disorganized tends to be a very common trait for, for those who are overweight. Not everybody, but I do find that there is a really large percentage of people who struggle to lose weight as well as lose things. It's that mentality of holding on to things that don't serve you. And so in this uh, interview, in our time together, we are going to be speaking to the best feng shui expert I know, Ken Lauer, and he is going to teach you exactly what feng shui is and how you can take steps today to transform your environment so that you could feel empowered and productive and stress-free and see changes in things like your relationship and also in your finances. I have personally used Ken. Um, he has come to my apartment and I love everything he does. He also has a, uh, a great website, which we'll hear about. Uh, Ken, welcome to the show. First of all, that was a fabulous introduction. Oh, thank you. I, I, I feel like we don't even need to talk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people know that I really believe in feng shui, but there's there might be some people out there that are thinking, I don't even know what feng shui is. That's right. So, I, I, you know, and actually, before I, I go into that question, can you just share your website with us? 
Sure, it's Ken Lauer, and it's K-E-N-L-A-U-H-E-R.com. Okay, because you do great videos and great tips on there, so I just, right off the bat, I want people to know that, KenLauer.com. All right, Ken, so how would you describe feng shui to someone who knows nothing about it? So I like to simplify it. You know, any time that I can simplify it and people get it, the better off I think the results are. So... The way that I describe feng shui is it's about understanding certain patterns. Certain patterns create certain results. And if you like those results, then you accentuate them and you improve upon them. If you don't like the results that the patterns are going to show, then you change it to get a different outcome. And that's how I start to begin to describe feng shui that people can actually relate to. Right. So when you when you say patterns, you mean if, if things are going well in your life, you should keep doing it. If they're not, something needs to change. And what can change is within your space. Is that what you mean? Well, there, there are patterns on many different levels. So the first is just the physical environment. So from a feng shui standpoint, I know if I look at a certain lot shape of a home, that it's going to indicate good things for a relationship or potentially challenges in a relationship or the same for money just by the shape of the lot. And 99% of the time, it's right on. Same thing goes for the floor plan of an apartment, a home, a townhouse. It doesn't matter. It all starts to tell a story about exactly what's happening in your current situation. Right. I remember when my mom started making these changes in the house, people would walk in and at first they thought that we bought something different and my mom would say no we didn't we didn't buy anything and they would they would always say it just feels different in here it just feels really great and that's what i love about feng shui i mean for me it's being able to walk into a space and feel something and you know especially our home where we spend so much time for many people they go home and they don't they don't have that feeling it doesn't feel relaxing you know it, it could be the opposite they can feel more stressed out when they look at their current environment well i always describe it as people live in a house the question is is it truly a home regardless mm. the size of the space right so a lot of times people move in and it's very two-dimensional it's very flat and there might be there's something so simple as as soon as you walk in the door, you see a pile of bills that are due or coming up. So what do you think that's going to do to your blood pressure, to your confidence, to feeling good about well, your house welcoming you home versus something like a beautiful bouquet of fresh flowers or something that you truly love, like a piece of art or a sculpture that truly resonates with you because it makes you think of that vacation that you took and how great it was and how good you felt for spending time with your significant other. So right. just as much about the physical environment as it is what's happening on a subconscious level. And that, in my opinion, I'm doing more and more work on what is the message that the subconscious is picking up, not just that you're seeing, because over time, it all becomes a blur anyway. You know, you have certain things that you look at and the rest is all a blur and you're just trying to figure out how do I get to eat dinner and then brush my teeth and then go to bed and maybe check an email here and there. But it's all about creating spaces that truly nurture support on not only a physical level, but a subconscious level as well. Right. I remember when you looked at my space, at one point you said to me that something that really struck with me, you said, you need to 
not create a space of where you think you are, but where you want to be. That's right. And so if you want to improve things in your life, you have to kind of improve them in, in your home first. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I do want to ask for someone who might be a little bit skeptical as to how their environment impacts their life. It, you know, I know that you have so many stories. I also know that you have a lot of celebrity clients and things are confidential. But do you have any stories that you can share with us that show the way that someone's life changes when they change their home? I, I actually, I can say, I can share a positive and a negative if you want to you see the reverse effect of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being here on the, on the East Coast, there was um, someone that I was working with. And they were so excited because they bought a brownstone in Brooklyn for a very good price. But as soon as they tried to accomplish and, and, and purchase that piece of property, they started having challenges. The sale wouldn't go through. It took a long time for them to finally get it. And it was completely, it needed to completely be, you know, refurbished from the stud on up. And w when I went over there, I did a I tried to do a space cleansing, which is something that I typically do. And what we realized was there were there were people living in it, and it had really been kind of a, a drug den, actually, almost you know, a crack house. And I said, you know, this is a very challenging space. I can come in and I can do a space cleansing, but it's not even doing anything because that essence and that energy is in in this space. You can't just come in and and throw some smoke around and think that that's going to be gone. And this is somebody that I really respected, I really enjoyed. We'd go out to dinner together and was just this, you know, great person. Well, next thing you know, and, and I told them right up front, this is not a good space. I would really consider moving on because it's going to have constant challenges. Next thing you know, unfortunately, the person became addicted to drugs, addicted to crack cocaine, wow. would go missing for weeks on end, completely lost his job, lost his marriage, and then, you know, over time he went through rehab and he's now building his life back together. Coincidence? I don't know, but I knew for a fact that I would not recommend that space to any one of my clients just based on the patterns that had happened there in the past on a consistent basis. So that, right. that's so one extreme case. That's an extreme case. So th that just shows it's not always how the furniture is set up. It can also be the history of a space. And also trusting that, you know, I walk into rooms and I remember I was like this as a little kid, I'd walk into a room and just sometimes have a bad feeling. That's right. And I think it's important. I think we all, I think we all have the ability to have that feeling. The, the question is, are we listening to that feeling and trusting it? Um, so that's one, that's one extreme. Can you share us a story about someone who was able to change their current space and how that impacted their life in a positive yeah, so, way? No drugs, so no more drugs. Times <laughs> I come into a space and we create you know, we look at what's happening, and a lot of times every space is calling for something, whether it's, you know, the energy is dry or it's very low or, or something like that. And so the goal is not to identify one or two things, because in feng shui, people read an article or a book, and now they're so concerned about their wealth corner, but it's typically seven or eight things that are all telling the same story. And until you begin to address all of those things, will you then be, be able to get real results. So, you know, there, there are a lot of different stories. One example was that I'm, that I'm really proud of recently is a woman that was very productive, very, um, she was just an 
feng moment. And she finally reached out to me because by the time people start looking at feng shui, they're, you know, they've tried everything else. And so she came to me. She'd been unemployed for two years. She was in deep depression. She had gotten out of a relationship that she truly thought was the one. And she was in complete debt. And so every different area of her life was really rock bottom. So we began to work with her just on focusing on very small, minute steps. Within 40 days, she had a new job that she loved. She became incredibly social now, where she's actually recommending and getting people together and now scheduling meetups for her friends and for people that she doesn't know, which is completely opposite of from when I met her. She's now truly grounded, where she doesn't truly need the authorization or the acceptance of others that she can truly be herself and her true self and now she's taking trips to the beach and doing all of these different things was it coincidence that feng shui happened to be that trigger maybe maybe not but i can tell you for a fact that she's not going to go back to the way it was because it truly changed the way that she's experiencing life and for the better so that's right. another, that's a kind of a positive experience I love that. And I've, I've had so many positive experiences and, and I'm always kind of trading feng shui books and your videos and tips with all of my friends and my family. So let's get into figuring out what we can begin to, to, to do to see a transformation. I, um, you know, I want to talk about, I have some questions that we discussed, but I want to talk about clutter for a second. Yeah. Because this is a challenge, like I said in the beginning, I've seen this again and again with with the women that I work with that struggle with weight. There's a lot of them that are dealing with challenges around clutter. And tapping is such a great tool to use because clutter, holding on to clutter, it's such an emotional challenge. You know, you have to look at the emotions of, uh, a lot of times it started at, at a certain period of time, like during a death. Um, and there's a, a scarcity and a fear mentality that goes with the clutter. So tapping is so helpful. Um, but Ken, you know, when we have a, a bedroom that has clothes on the bed and stuff on the floor and, and there's just a lot of stuff around, how does that impact our life? Well, typically it means that you're not dealing with certain issues. And the way that I tell my clients is we'll know when the feng shui begins to gain momentum and really create some type of movement because it will bubble up all those things that you've been trying to shuffle under the rug, whether it's a relationship. Like literally or under the bed. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, whether you're not in alignment with your job or you hate what you do in a certain area or you're in a relationship that's just not working out, it's going to bubble those things up so that you have to deal with them so that we can truly move on. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. And that's why I believe, you know, I, I saw, I read Louise Hay one time wrote, when you clean your closet, don't just clean your closet, proclaim to the universe, I am now getting rid of all that does not serve me and get rid of things. And as you begin to clean the kitchen and, and clean and, and organize that drawer, that messy drawer to not look at it as, oh, this is just another chore I have to do. But this is something that is symbolic to my entire life. That's right. So, and where I find that people start to get the real results in feng shui is if I can tell them where they might have clutter, how that's truly impacting their life, whether it's their career, their love life, their wealth, their finances. I had um, a client the other day. I went out to their house, and we looked in their wealth corner of the backyard, and there were just tons of weeds and 
trees growing up on the, the house and all of this. And I said, exactly. This is draining your income. You want to have more money coming in than going out. And to me, in a feng shui terms, this is a primary culprit. So they wiped everything out. They made it tailored and beautiful. Coincidence? I don't know. But next thing you know, he started getting new job opportunities. He started dramatically increasing his income and his savings at the same time. So I could have told him, yeah, go ahead and just cut that tree down without telling him how it was impacting his life. But if when I added that story about how it's impacting his life, his life, he immediately put it in action and completely changed his environment. Right. It's amazing. It's amazing how the how the little things make a difference and and even if you're not a believer say in in the universe and in, you know, these things being able to impact your your life just at a subconscious level, it just, it makes a difference, you know, with, with the environment that you're in, you just, you show up in life differently. So I, I just see this work again and again. So I want to figure out what the listeners can do to begin to make changes in their own life through feng shui. So if you are listening, make sure that you have a pen and paper because Ken's going to be giving some really amazing tips. Uh, so let's start with just, you know, the three most important parts of our home that we should be uh, really paying attention to and making changes to? Yeah, so, you know, the first the, the first most important area is the entrance of your home or your apartment. This is how the chi or energy comes into you, which represents money, new opportunities, health, and things like that. So if the energy or opportunities or health is not coming into your entrance, it doesn't matter what we do in the rest of the house. It's going to have very little impact. So a couple of quick things. The first simplest thing is if you're in a home, look outside, take 10 feet back from your front door and look at your front door. Is it well-maintained? Is it cracked or is it breaking or is there dents in your door or something like that? Can you do some easy, quick fixes? Also, look and see if there are like, you know, a lot of times people try to get decorative and they try to put pots and literally it blocks the door. So you want the area clean and clear so that the chi or energy can pool and collect right there and then come into the entryway. So even if it's pretty flowers, it doesn't matter. You don't want anything too bulky that's kind of making it difficult to enter. Yeah, that's right. Because every time you start to put something that blocks the entrance or even movement, the more difficult you'll have in your life. There'll be some blockage in your life. And a, and a recent one that I'm seeing time and time again is people have doormats in front of their house or their door, but for some reason they've got a doormat that was on special or, you know, they got a sale or they just liked it. But, the, but it's complete. It's so small, which is completely out of balance of the actual door. So when you're looking at things, you want it to be in balance with a space, whether it's a bookcase, whether it's a bed or bedding or, you know, dressers or anything like that. Make sure that it's adequate and it fits. If you have double doors on your front door, for example, don't get one little mat. Get something that actually creates an experience at the front door. So it should be, so what you're saying is it should be the same size as your door. I mean, you know, width wise. Yeah, because people want to just put something there and get it done and move on. But a lot of times, even the plant, people will put this small little plant 
And they're like, oh, is it good? And I'm like, it's the size of my thumb. So it's not really having an impact on creating a nourishing environment where we're bringing nature from outside inside. Right. So Can let me ask sure you this? Is, in, yeah. is, is nothing better than too much? Like is having just nothing in that area or do you, you have to be putting some stuff to make it feel welcoming? Well, everybody's different. And this brings us back to a little bit of the clutter situation. I could walk in and I could tell a person, clean off your desk and never have a piece of paper on your desk. Well, that might last for some people literally 10 minutes, if that. <laughs> right. So my goal is to have a person be organized with their own personal style. So it doesn't mean that you have to go to this Zen experience, because if we do that too, for certain people, that will create more confusion and chaos in their life, because everybody's different. Everybody operates differently. Everybody has a different style. And so you have to optimize the space based on the energy, but also for yourself and your style. You don't want to force yourself into a situation because that will not help you either. Right. Yes, it does. Okay. So that is the entranceway. Step number one, everyone who's listening, take a look at your entranceway. Make sure it's not a little dinky mat. Make sure it feels very welcoming. Um, so that's the outside. D- what about the inside? Is that just as important, those first few steps? Yeah, absolutely. The first simplest thing is, does your door stick? You know, does it stick? Does it creak? Is it hard to push open? One of the first things I want to test is actually I personally walk through the door. If I have to, like, put my hip into a door, I can right away tell that this person has real challenges going on. So the door should swing nice and easy, and it should be able to open a full 90 degrees. Because everybody always likes to put their jackets, coats, shoes, backpacks, whatever it is, directly behind the door. But if, it, if the door is not able to open a full 90 degrees, again, you're limiting your opportunities, your money, and your income. So make sure the door can open freely, and the door can open a full 90 degrees. Okay. Okay, so that's the entranceway. What is another area of the house that's really important? So one of the, the next most important area of a home is a kitchen. And the kitchen represents how you go out in the world and you make your money, specifically hmm. the stove. So a lot of times people will, especially in this day and age, they'll cheat. You know, they don't rarely, they, they don't use their stove maybe that often or they do it every once in a while. Ideally, you want to use your stove and your stovetop as much as possible. And here's something that everybody falls into. Everybody has their own favorite burner. You know, for me, it's always the front right. What I want people to understand is the next time that you cook on your stove, move to a different burner. Try the front left, and then the back left, and then the back right. Circulate and use all the burners. And what that represents is that you're increasing your opportunities, you're circulating your energy, you're networking better, and you might actually increase your revenue streams or different means of revenue or different money coming into you. So the oven should be clean. It should be operating fully. For for those that have maybe only one burner working, that's really impacting your finances. So make sure that the stove is clean and clear and you're actually using all your burners and um and that's probably the most important thing as far as a kitchen and your wealth and your opportunities 
So I, I have a small New York kitchen. And so I have a pot that I just keep in the, well, it's like a tray that I just keep in the oven. Can you store things in your oven or is that a no, no? It depends on if every time you turn on the oven, I have to take it out. And then 20 minutes later, do you realize you have the pan in there? No, I remember. I remember. I always remember I take it out and then I turn on the oven. Okay. Okay. If every time you turn on the oven and then something smells and you're like, what is that? And you look in, you're like, oh, I forgot. Now, all of a sudden, your energy is completely shifted because you're frustrated about having a pan in the oven. But the goal is to focus on what we can change and not on what we can't. Right. In a lot of spaces, we don't have the luxury of having 50 drawers or 50 cabinets or a pantry or storage. So we focus on what we what we can work with, but every time you do that, focus on how it impacts your energy or how it impacts your feeling or experience of the space. I love that. So it's almost like with feng shui, you know, there's a lot of tips that we can use and we can continue to read about it, but it always comes down to noticing how certain things make us feel. Absolutely. I'm always asking my clients, I'll see something and I'm like, well, how does that make you feel? And then, right. you know, we, we base the suggestions on how it makes you feel. Now, I know for a fact that if somebody walks into a home and the first thing they see is bills, that it's going to subconsciously push their anxiety up. So, you know, we want to change that experience. And right. the goal is to follow that through to your inspi- entire space or apartment or home. Right. So can you remind me again, you said kitchen is finances? Yeah, kitchen represents how you go out in the world and you make your money. Right. So if if we have, you know, a lot of dirty dishes in the sink and we tend to just have a lot of stuff on the counter, that what does what does that mean when it comes to money? It means, you know, it typically means that you're focusing on nonsense rather than the things that are driving revenue. We Interesting. all in an age we all want to feel and be busy. Whether it's you know, from a certain time period or something, we all want to feel productive. My question is, is what you're focusing on truly what's driving your business or your career or your revenue? Because 80% of the stuff is truly nonsense. Right. Right. You know, I always find it like I spend Sunday mornings or usually my, I wake up early and I, and I just clean my apartment and I get some of my, the best ideas then I almost do it at, as like therapy to just kind of clear, like as I clean my kitchen, I feel like I'm clearing my head and it's so interesting that I get great business ideas for the next day when I'm, when I'm doing that. So, okay. We covered the entrance, the kitchen. What is the third most important area in the home? The bedroom. Mm, Tell us about the bedroom. Okay. What, what, what can we do? So the bedroom is all about two things and they both start with the letter S. So, What you want to create in your bedroom is truly a sanctuary. Ideally, you know, everybody has different spaces. Ideally, you do not create it as a multifunctional room, meaning, oh, I want a really beautiful sanctuary, but I also want it to be an incredibly productive office, and then I want it to be a yoga room and things like that. You know, we we have to focus on what what we have, But ideally, you want to focus on creating a relaxing, soothing, nurturing space. The bedroom should be yin in nature, which means quiet, soothing, restorative, 
and helps you nurture and support your goals. And of course, you're sleeping there. You know, that's where ideally you're actually spending the majority of your time because you're getting six to eight hour plus nights of, of rest. So we want to make sure that you're resting, that you're relaxing, and that you're actually waking up ready to approach the day. Right. Okay. So then what are some things that we should be aware of when it comes to the bedroom? Are there certain rules? Yeah. So the first thing that I look at when I'm going to a client's home is, is the bed in what's called a command position. So the, the command position is when you're standing at your bedroom door looking in, you should be able to see the bed, but the bed is not in direct line of the door. So typically it's off to the side and there's really three spaces and I have a lot of different articles on my website to show you images of this. Um, or if we flip it and you're resting in your bed, ideally you're not in direct line with the door, but you're off to the side somehow so that you can see the door or anyone that would come into your room. A lot of times people have to put their bed in direct line with the door. So the first thing that, that the energy comes into is their feet. So the number one question I would ask them is, do you have any health challenges with your feet or ankles? Because you can follow and look at where the chi is coming in. And for example, in the bed, if it's coming directly into the feet, then typically a person is going to have some type of challenges with their feet. So, That's so interesting. Yeah. And ideally, you don't want to be have your head on the same wall as the door. That's called a gatekeeper's position. And typically, if that happens, the person will not be able to sleep well. So we're always trying to put them in a command position, meaning they can see the door, but they're not in direct line with the door. Right. Okay. Fantastic. So bed position, really big. Now, um, anything when it comes to colors? So again, it should be light and soothing. A lot of times people want to have that beautiful, sexy, strong environment, or they'll read a lot of articles and they'll say, you know, people take it and say red red is love and passion but that creates a lot of times too much fire so it you don't want to be in a relationship where it's fire and ice one minute you have this passionate love the next minute you're ready to you know tell the person goodbye for good you want it to be relaxing and nurturing so the best colors ideally is pink now pink is not the best you know it's not the most masculine color out there for relation for for men in particular they might not like pink but you can also do light blues and light green the goal is to create that soothing sanctuary almost like kind of like that relaxing spa experience where you focus on your with your significant other or if you're not in a relationship that you're truly able to be in that space and truly spend time in that space without increasing your anxiety but you can actually create a meditative experience where you walk in and it just feels like your little slice, you know, slice of heaven. Right. Okay. Again, going back to just having that, that feeling in ourselves when, when, um, feng shui came into my life, like I mentioned in the beginning, it was when we were having financial struggles and it really, I believe that it really made a difference. So if somebody's out there who wants to improve their wealth and their prosperity, how do they do that using feng shui? Great question. And it's the number one question that people come to me for. Just like with tapping, you know, my belief is that if we can get a person moving or taking some action, 
that they can dramatically increase their results. The same thing goes with intention. You, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. If you can give somebody an intention, then they'll dramatically improve their results. So if I can get somebody sometimes literally to just move something from here to there, they're taking action and they're moving forward. Now, if we can put intention behind it and actually put some foundation and theory and things like that behind it, then it dramatically improves the overall impact. But a lot of times what I'm looking at is not only the story that the space is telling, but in feng shui, different areas represent different pieces of your life. Wealth, finances, career, love, family, communication, all these different things. So one of the things I look at is the wealth area of a bedroom or the wealth area of a lot or the wealth area of a floor plan. So example, we'll focus on the bedroom for a minute. If you stand at your bedroom door looking into your bedroom, the back left corner is your wealth area. So I recommend everybody look or think about what's in there. Is there boxes? Is there clutter? Is there workout equipment, which means making money is a workout for you? Or is there a beautiful palm plant that's nurturing and growing and makes you feel great? So just by simply looking at your wealth corner, can you actually start to shift the energy in your space and in your life? I love that. So the back left, you said. That's right.